The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Praise God. Um, let's take note of the following announcements. Deep Waters, our monthly fasting and prayer continues till at least 4 p.m. today. Tell your neighbor 4 p.m. today. So it's not after service. It's not after the second service. 4 p.m. today. Remember to join us online for prayers with Dr. K by 10 p.m. later tonight. Tell your neighbor there will be no midweek service this week. If you come, you're on your own. <laughs> We're just joking. God will never leave you or forsake you. So there are some repairs that are going on, so there will be no midweek service this week. Also, special appreciation for all church workers comes up Saturday, the 8th of February. Tell them that this is better than the Oscars. It's better than the Grammys. So come with your bow tie. It's a, it's a black tie event, so just come looking dapper. All tribes and service teams should kindly note more details will be communicated in due course. So that's next week, February 8, 2020. Our mission Sunday comes up on Sunday, 23rd of February. And that's the last Sunday in the month of February. And apart from our um, Nigerian installations, we have expressions and installations in different countries in Africa. So on the 23rd of February, we are going to dedicate that Sunday for missions. So mark your calendars and stay tuned for more information. Intending couples, be aware that the minimum of six months is required before any wedding is conducted. So kindly inform your zonal pastors or send an email to familylife@kingswadikeja.org in order to commence your pre-marital counseling. Praise God. It's time to give our offering. So you can begin to prepare your offerings. But can you open your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 10, very quickly? It says, Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your increase. It said, Then your barns will be filled with plenty, and your vats will overflow with new wine. Hallelujah. And the message translation makes us to understand what honor is. It says, The first and the very best. So it's not enough that it's the first, it is the best. Praise God. So as we give to God today, expect God to do something different in our finances. Amen. So a lot of us are not agriculturists here, amen, but we are workers, hallelujah. And the balance talks about where you keep your livestock and your agricultural implements, amen. But I'm telling you that in your career, it will blossom in the name of Jesus. Your bank account, your savings account, your investment account, your pension account will increase in the name of Jesus. Luke 6, 38 says, Give, it shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, run over. Men will give to your bosom. Amen. So as you honor God today, expect God to touch your finances in a different way in the name of Jesus. So if you are giving your tithe, can you just come up as we usually do? If you are giving your tithe today, can you just come forward? Praise God. Father, in the name of Jesus, we acknowledge you as our source and our sustainers. We thank you for the increase. Thank you, Father, for every blessing we've received. And Lord, we bring our tithes, the first and the best, to you today. We acknowledge you as our source, our great provider. 
and we declare that by reason of this, we shall never be poor in the name of Jesus. We declare that our needs are met, our bills are paid in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. So you can drop your tights, and if you have your offering, can you just rise up to your feet? Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord, for bringing our, our, our source, our provider. We honor you today. We give you the first and the best. We give you that good measure, and we declare that our bands are filled with plenty. We declare that our vessels, our vats are overflowing with new wine. We declare that we have good measure. Even if we press it down, we shake it together, it will still run over in the name of Jesus. We declare that we have abundance and not lack in the name of Jesus. We have grace for finances, grace for good health, grace for protection in the name of Jesus. Can you just give our offering with rejoicing, with thanksgiving? Hallelujah. You can have your seats as you give your offering. Praise God. Can you put your hands together for Pastor Oinda? You can do better than that. The first lady of the best pastor in the world. Hallelujah. Amen. Is someone ready for God's word this morning? Praise the Lord. Shall we bow our heads for a word of prayer? Father, we thank you because the entrance of your word brings light. Lord, I yield myself to you and I ask that you speak through me and speak to your people and cause your word to come alive in the lives of your people. Cause your people to be raised and all the glory will be to your name and to your name alone. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I want to welcome us all again to church and to the first Sunday in the month of February. Has God been good to you so far? Amen. Has this year been great so far? I tell you, God has much, 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 much more in store for you. So you just stay tuned, connect to God, and just flow with God in this year of the Spirit. Amen. Um, today is our... Communion Sunday. Amen. So we have a custom, you know, in this church, you know, we take one Sunday in a month or so, and, you know, we just feast at the Lord's table and we partake of the communion. And, you know, there are many customs, there are many traditions that the scripture enjoins us to be part of. You know, the Bible says that even Jesus, as his custom was, you know, he went to the temple on a regular basis. But how many of us know that, you know, customs can very easily become, you know, just ordinary traditions with no meaning, you know, with no, I mean, and they just become motions that we go through from time to time. And we don't experience what God originally intended for us to experience, you know, through that custom. But I believe that, you know, there's a revelation that we ought to have of the Holy Communion, that when we have that revelation, you know, we will experience the full benefit of partaking of the Lord's table. Amen. And we're going to be going into God's word. I believe God is going to be opening his word, you know, to us. And, and, and we're going to see something new. Every now and then, you know, you should be asking yourself, you know, why am I doing what I'm doing? We give to God every Sunday. You should ask yourself, why am I giving to God? 
Why am I doing these things? Peter enjoined us, you know, in, 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 in the scriptures. And he said that, you know, there are times that, you know, you even need to add to your faith virtue. You know, you need to add things to what you are doing. You know, you need to add a new layer of revelation, a new layer of understanding. And there are some things that you might even have to strip away just to ensure that you are ac accurately positioned, you know, to be all that God wants you to be and to receive the full benefits that God wants you to experience. Amen. And so we're only going to experience the full, you know, um, manifestations of Holy Communion if we partake of it with a strong revelation. And I trust God that it's going to be causing lights to dawn upon our hearts this morning as we go into the word. Now, Jesus was the one that instituted, you know, this practice of the Holy Communion. And he did it on, um, you know, the, the day of the Passover in the New Testament. Now, if we look in the Old Testament, the Bible makes us understand that, um, you know, talking about the fact that God had a covenant with his people. You know, there were promises that he had given through um, Abraham. And he told Abraham that Abraham was going to become a very mighty nation. Um, he was, he, I mean, there, there were going to be hundreds and thousands and millions of people as it were. Amen. And he gave him a word that, you know, he would get to a point that, you know, they were going to bondage, they were going to captivity, but they would, he would, you know, deliver them. And eventually they would get to the promised land. And so we see, you know, even from the life of Abraham, you know, down to his descendants, God dealing with his people, you know, God relating with them and God giving them promises and, 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 and his words time and time again. I want us to go to um, the book of Exodus. Exodus chapter 13. Glory to God. This was when the Israelites were in bondage and they were eventually being set free by God. Exodus 13, and I'll read, um, I'll read from verse 17. Let me read from verse 5. And it shall be when the Lord shall bring thee into the land of the Canaanites and the Hittites, the Amorites and the Hevites and the Jebusites, which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee, a land flowing with milk and honey, that thou shalt keep this service in this month. Seven days shalt thou eat unleavened bread, and in the seven days shall be a feast to the Lord. Unleavened bread shall be eaten seven days, and there shall be no leavened bread be seen with thee. Neither shall there be leavened seen with thee in all thy quarters. And thou shalt show thy son in that day, saying, This is done because of that which the Lord did unto me. When I came forth out of Egypt, and it shall be for a sign unto thee upon thine hand, and for a memorial between thine eyes, that the Lord's law may be in thy mouth. For with a strong hand, the Lord brought thee out of the land of Egypt. With a strong hand, the Lord brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Amen. And so the Lord commanded them, you know, when he gave an instruction that they should observe the Passover, that they should kill a lamb and, you know, they should put the blood upon the doorpost of, of, of their houses and, and all that. They had been in captivity and God told, him that the, told them that the angel of death was going to go around and when he sees the blood that he was going to pass by over them. 
Amen. And so in every house, they were told to kill a lamb and to, you know, eat the flesh. God gave them specific instructions on what to do. And they were prepared and they were ready. And it happened that eventually they were delivered. They were delivered. And God told them that, you know, they should institute this custom amongst the people. It should be a memorial. The Passover was instituted among the children of Israel. And they should tell their children that, you know, why, when the children ask, why, why are we doing this? You know, they should remember when the Lord brought them out, you know, of the land of Egypt. And the Lord delivered them with a strong and a mighty hand. Amen. Now, that was under the old covenant. We are under a new covenant. And the Bible makes us understand that, you know, the blessings we have under the new covenant are better, are greater than everything that we have under the old covenant. But let's look at some of the things that God actually did in the lives of the children of Israel during that period of, 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 of the Passover. Amen. Exodus 12 verse 12, it says, for I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast. And against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So the first thing that God did for the children of Israel was deliverance. Deliverance. He delivered them from the hand of their captors. He delivered them from bondage. He delivered them from suffering. He delivered them from lack. And he brought them out with a mighty strong hand. Amen. These were people that had been in bondage for about 400 years. Glory to God. And God delivered them and preserved them from the plague that was meant to come on the land. Amen. And so in our everyday lives, you know, we can expect to be delivered. There's a lot of evil that we see in our, you know, all around us. But we know that because we are joined to God, because we are connected to God, because we have a covenant with God, we can always expect to walk in deliverance all the days of our lives. If you believe that, come and say amen. amen. And so they were exempted by reason of the blood. They were exempted by reason of the blood. Amen. You know, when we, when we think of the fact that, you know, it's the same, is this the blood of Jesus that brings us salvation. And the word salvation means deliverance. It means preservation. It means welfare. It means soundness. It means restoration. It means prosperity. It means safety and healing. Amen. So this we can expect to experience because we have a covenant with God. If the children under the old, if the children of Israel under the old covenant experience this, then we should experience much more. Amen. They were delivered from everything that was holding them bound and God set them free. Hallelujah. The next thing that the children of Israel experienced was boldness and confidence. Boldness and confidence. Numbers 33 verse 3. And they departed from Ramses in the first month, on the 15th day of the first month, on the day after the Passover, the children of Israel went out with boldness in the sight of all the Egyptians. For the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn, whom the Lord had killed among them. Also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment. I like the way verse 4 is put in the, in the, in the message translation. It says, they marched out of Ramses the day after the Passover. It was the 15th day of the month. They marched out heads high and confident. 
The Egyptians, busy burying their firstborn whom God had killed, watched them go. God had exposed the nonsense of their gods. Hallelujah. Once upon a time, you know, they were subservient to the Egyptians. But in one night, you know, the Bible says that, you know, these were the people that will oppress them. These were the people that will keep them under. These were the people in which, you know, they couldn't have a voice. They couldn't have, have, have any form of expression. And the Bible says that because of the mighty deliverance that came from the hand of God, you know, they, 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 they were leaving Egypt and the Egyptians were looking at them and they couldn't say anything. They couldn't say anything because God had executed judgment on the gods of Egypt. The Bible says that God had made nonsense of their gods. So what they had confidence in, what had been, what, I mean, what the, the things that they had observed around them as mountains, the things that had been their enemy, you know, all, you know, hundreds of years from generation to generation, you know, it came down in one night. It came down in one, and the Bible says that they marched out with boldness. They marched out with confidence. And that wasn't the only thing that happened. The Bible says that, you know, they even spoiled the Egyptians on top of that. The spoiled ones became the spoiler overnight. And what happened? You know, they went to them and they asked them of gold, of silver, of everything that they wanted. And the Bible says that God gave them so much favor and, you know, they had everything that they wanted. Boldness and confidence. To ask for the things that they could never have asked for. To ask for the things that actually belonged to them that they had been deprived of from generation to generation. By the mighty hand of the almighty God. I declare in the name of Jesus that every mountain that has stood before you. Every enemy that has stood before you thus far. That as we partake of the Lord's table. It shall come crumbling down. And the enemy will be able to do nothing against you. Because you will walk out in boldness and in confidence. And you will lay hold on everything that belongs to you in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. What else did they enjoy? They had healing, they had health, they had strength. Psalm 105 verse 37 says that he brought them out with silver and gold and there was none feeble amongst their tribes. He brought them out with silver and gold. They didn't have silver and gold all that while, but when they were leaving, they came out with silver and gold. And when they were leaving, they left all their sicknesses and all their diseases behind in Egypt. They all became a thing of the past. Amen. And the Bible says that all the years that they were walking in the wilderness, that none of them was feeble. None of them was sick. None of them was weak. Amen. We have a better covenant with the almighty God. And we can expect that we are walking in strength, that we are walking in health, that we are walking in soundness. That sickness and disease have no place in our lives because we have a much better covenant with God. Hallelujah. So this was the Passover that the children of Israel, this, the, the Bible says that they celebrated this once a year. And so every year they will have the feast of the Passover and they will, you know, celebrate, you know, the power of God and the things that God had done in their lives. Now, Jesus Christ, when he, he came to earth, the Bible says that, uh, let, let's, let's turn our Bibles to Luke 22, verse 15. Then he said to them, with fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. 
For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Likewise, he also took a cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. Amen. So Jesus was telling his disciples that he was looking forward to the time when, you know, he would take the last, celebrate the last Passover with them. Why? Because he knew that he was sent to fulfill the old covenant and to institute the new covenant. Amen. And so under the old covenant, you know, they were killing the blood of lambs and, and all that. But, you know, when Jesus Christ was, was celebrating this last meal with his disciples, you know, when he took the cup and when he took the bread, you know, it was not just the body of a lamb, of any lamb. It was not just the blood of any lamb. But he told them that from now on, you will celebrate this as being my body. It's not the body of a lamb, but, you know, he has become, he knew that he was going to become the lamb of God that was given, you know, for the salvation of the whole world. And so he told his disciples, this is my body, which is given for you. This is my body that is going to be given to you. There are things that the blood of lamb could not, the blood of lamb, you know, could never have done. But by the blood of Jesus, you know, our sins are taken away once and for all. And he told them, you know, this is the cup, this is the New Testament, the new covenant that was going to be established, not in the blood of a lamb, but in my own blood. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians went on to also speak about, about this. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three. For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as, as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So the Passover was celebrated once a year. But you know, Jesus Christ said we should do this in remembrance of him. And Paul went on to say that as often as you do it, so you can do it as often as you want to. He says, the mo I mean, as often as you do it, you are proclaiming the Lord's death until he comes. You are showing forth the power of the Lord until the manifestation comes. Amen. Now, one of the things that, that Jesus Christ has done in his body, you know, on, on his body, he took away, he took upon our sins, he took upon our sicknesses, and he died on the cross, carrying the weight of the sin of the world. But what did the Bible tell us? The Bible says that he was raised a completely different being. He got a new body. Amen. So he died carrying our sins, but he was raised in newness of life by the glory of God. And so whenever we come to the table of the Lord, amen, we should see and understand the fact that we are receiving the resurrected body of our Lord Jesus, the body that has been raised in wholeness. Amen. We should see and understand that, you know, we are 
receiving the blood of the, of, of the lamb that has dealt with our sins once and for all. That has dealt with our sicknesses once and for all. That has dealt with every hindrance and everything that has stood in, our, in, in, in the way of our progress once and for all. Amen. The Bible says that the power of God was released and he raised him up on the third day. Glory to God. You know. If you go to a doctor, some, I mean, depending on what you go to see a doctor for, he might prescribe medicine for you. And most of the time, you know, there are medicines that you have to take over and over again. You know, they will give an instruction, you know, take this three times for the next seven days. And if you don't keep to those instructions, you will just have recurrent, you know, you might have recurrent issues, you know. So Paul said, as often as you do this, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So what does that mean? Most of us here, we have taken communion at one time or the other. And there are times that, you know, after you take communion, it seems that all hell breaks loose. This was exactly what Jesus experienced. He was carrying, you know, the sin of the whole world and he died. And the devil looked and the devil thought that Jesus had lost and he had won the battle. All hell was let loose. The first day, the second day, the first day nothing happened, second day nothing happened. But glory to God, on the third day, he rose again from the dead. The Bible says that, you know, he could not be kept bound in the grave. So there are times that, you know, we partake of the, of the Lord's table and it seems all hell, you know, gets loose upon us. What do you do? You take it again. You take it again. It says that as often as you do this, you keep proclaiming the Lord's death until he, and until he comes means until that manifestation shows up. Until that manifestation shows up. You keep declaring. So it seems that, you know, the devil is having his way. No, you keep declaring the fact that, you know, Jesus is risen from the dead. Jesus is seated on the throne. Jesus has taken my place. Jesus has taken my sin. Jesus has given me his life. Jesus has given me his body. And you keep declaring the Lord's death and everything that it represents until that manifestation comes. Glory to God. Amen. 1 Corinthians 10 from verse 15, and I'm reading from the message translation. I assume I'm, I'm addressing believers now who are mature. Draw your own conclusions. When we drink the cup of blessing, aren't we taking into ourselves the blood, the very life of Christ? And isn't it the same with the loaf of bread we break and eat? Don't we take into ourselves the body, the very life of Christ? Because there is one loaf, our manyness becomes oneness. Christ doesn't become fragmented in us. Rather, we become unified in him. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us to what he is. We don't reduce Christ to what we are. He raises us. How many of us know that, you know, there is perfection in Jesus Christ? There is completeness in Jesus. There is wholeness in Jesus. So when we part, we call this holy communion. So it's a holy fellowship. 
It's a holy interaction. It's a different kind of interaction we have with God. And so, you, I mean, Papa was saying here that, you know, we are taking into ourselves the body and the life of God. There is an exchange that happens. There is a blood transfusion that takes place when you drink the blood of the Lamb. Amen. And the Bible says that we don't reduce Christ, but he, reduce, he, he raises us up to his level. He raises us up to his standard. He raises up us up to the point where we see more and more of himself in us. So that's what happens whenever we partake of the Lord's table. We are fellowshipping with God. Amen. There's koinonia and there's a spiritual exchange going on. Amen. And so God is infusing his life into you. Amen. God is infusing everything that Jesus represents into your being, into your circumstances, and into your situations. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ said in John 6, he says that I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate manna in the wilderness and are dead. As great, you know, as, as, as the stories we read in the Old Testament, as great as the miracles that were experienced under the Old Covenant, they all ate manna and they died eventually. But Jesus Christ went on to say that this is a bread that comes down from heaven. That one may eat of it and not die. Verse 53, John 6. Then Jesus said to them, most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in him, and I in him. Glory to God. So you should see yourself receiving the body of Jesus. You should see your physical body as it were being changed to embrace the body of Jesus, the resurrected body of Jesus, because that's what Jesus represents now. Amen. You should see the life of God entering into your body and entering into your circumstances and situations because there is a divine exchange going on. So it's not an ordinary table. It's a place where we can encounter miracles because when God comes into your situation, when God comes into your circumstance, there's bound to be a change. There's bound to be a transformation. There's bound to be a turnaround. Amen. And so the Holy Communion is the place of power that God has made available to us. It's a place where we can encounter God in his fullness. And as we come with believing hearts, as we come with understanding minds, as we come with expectation in our hearts, we can expect that Jesus will be enthroned in our lives. We can expect that Jesus will bring about a change. Just like Jesus died without sins and sicknesses and he was raised entirely new by the glory of God. We can expect a turnaround. Just like the children of Israel, all once upon a time, they were slaves and they were in bondage. And by reason of the release of the blood, and they're acting by faith in the blood of the lamb that God told them to kill, they experienced a complete turnaround. And like Paul said, you must keep proclaiming this until the Lord comes. Until the manifestation that you desire shows up. Because every time you do this, you are dealing a blow to the enemy. You are dealing a blow to the enemy. You are giving, putting him in his place. And we ought to do that as believers. Put the devil in his place. 
Because he has no place in your life. He has no right in your life. He has no authority over you. Glory to God. And so we gather together to celebrate the power of God. To celebrate the deliverance that God has made available. To celebrate the liberty that we have in Christ. And if you do this with understanding, if you do this with, 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 with a revelation in your heart, I know that there's going to be a turnaround and that there's going to be miracles in your life. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the Bible talks about the fact that if you drink it in an un unworthy manner, you know, and I mean, there are many people, you know, in, in, interpreted this scripture wrongly. Amen. That, you know, if you, basically you have to clean up yourself before you can partake of the Lord's table. But do you know that it is this communion that brings about a cleaning up in our lives? That brings about a setting of things in order in our lives. How much cleanup do you want to do in your life? How much cleanup can you even do? But when we come to the place of the blood of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, what's the color of blood? Red. If you take color red and you put it on white, ideally what should happen? It turns to red. But this is a blood of a different kind. It says that when you use that blood, that blood cleanses. That blood cleanses. That blood transforms. Amen. Glory to God. It's a cleansing blood and can cleanse whatever, whatever weaknesses that you might have in your life. Whatever sin you might have in your life. Whatever waste you might have in your life. The blood of Jesus is able to cleanse it completely. Glory to God. Amen. And when you have, you know, an understanding of the fact that there is actually a blood transfusion happening. You know, um, there are some sicknesses like sickle cell that are only prevalent in West Africa. They don't have it in UK. So when you understand that, you know, what I'm receiving into myself is the blood of Jesus. Can the blood of Jesus have sickle cell? <laughs> Glory to God. So there's some things that, you know, by virtue of the fact that, you know, the blood I have flowing in my body is the life of God, is the blood of Jesus. Some things should fall away naturally. Some things should fall away naturally. If the blood, if the, if the blood that is flowing through Jesus, you know, cannot catch coronavirus, then you cannot catch coronavirus. Amen. Glory to God. Because that blood naturally repels sickness. That blood naturally repels diseases. That blood naturally repels the works of the enemy. So that's what we ought to, the picture that we ought to have whenever we are coming to the Lord's table. I'm coming to partake of this blood that repels all forms of negativity in my life. Glory to God. It's an exchange. And that's why the Bible says that God sets a table before us. In the presence of our enemies. 
God sets a table before us in the presence of our enemies. So when you have enemies all around you, that's the time for you to begin to partake of the communion. Amen. Because the God that did away with the enemies of the children of Israel will do away with whatever mountains, with whatever enemies you have in your life. Amen. So in the midst of enemies, we will, we will feast on the table, we will partake of the power of God, and we will see situations turn around. Amen. Glory to Jesus. Luke 24, verse 25. Then he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe, in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Now, Jesus was Jesus Christ speaking to the disciples on the way to Emmaus. These are his disciples, though, the people that, you know, are supposed to have learned and been taught by Jesus. He called them foolish ones. He called them slow of heart. Amen. And so Jesus, beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 30. Now it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, that he took bread, blessed, and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, did not a heart burn within us while he talked to us on the road, and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with him gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told him about the things that had happened on the road and how it was known to them in the breaking of bread. In the breaking of bread. Now these are disciples of Jesus that, you know, one would have assumed that I mean, they ought to have known the things that were coming. Jesus had declared these things, you know, one way or the other to them while he was alive. But they, did not, they lacked understanding. They could not see. And, you know, the Bible tells us that it was until it got to the point that Jesus broke bread with them. That their eyes were open and they were able to, you know, put all the pieces together. Of all what the, Jesus Christ had been saying all these years. And they realized, wow. Wow, that was when they began to, to see and to understand. And they ran back to Jerusalem. Amen. This is our year of great vision. God has given us a word in this ministry. It's our year of great vision. And as we break bread this morning, I trust that God is going to be opening our eyes like never before. The Bible says that I had not seen, ear had not heard, neither has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God reveals these things to us by his spirit. The Bible says that we know in part and we understand in part. And so at every point in time, there are things that God wants to show. There's understanding that what God wants to, what God wants to bring to you. No matter how much you have, you have seen in the past, I tell you, there's still more that you ought to see. The disciples thought they understood Jesus, that they understood his words. But by the time they broke bread, their eyes were open to see and to understand what they had never understood before. Amen. And so in this year of great vision, one thing that we ought to expect is that we will see. We will see the things that God is doing in our lives. We will see the things that God is doing, you know, in our land. That God will open our eyes. I mean, there's so many scriptures that talk about the fact that, you know, people experience miracles after their eyes were open. There are miracles that God has in store for us. And I know that as he opens our eyes, we will begin to see, we will begin to hear, we will begin to understand. 
learn and then begin to walk in those levels of miracles because you need to see before you can experience some of those things. Hallelujah. Come on, let's rise up on our feet this morning. Oh, Father, we give you praise. Father, we give you praise. Glory to God. Amen. I want you to just begin to talk to God right now. I don't know what area of your life that, you know, you need the life of God to be manifest. I don't know what struggles you might have had so far, but I tell you as we, 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 we come this morning to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus, there's going to be a divine exchange. There's going to be a divine exchange. You receive the strength of God for your weaknesses. You receive the life of God in place of disease, in place of sickness. You receive the, 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 the success that God has in a place of failure. You receive the poverty that Jesus has obtained. The, the, you receive the prosperity that Jesus has obtained on our behalf in a place of poverty. I want you to now begin to declare and ex expect a divine exchange. Whatever it is that you need to lay down and to pick up in the new covenant and to pick up in the body of our Lord Jesus, I want you to by faith to begin to declare those, those things in your life. I want you to begin to proclaim those things into manifestation in your life. I want you to see on the one hand, Jesus hanging on the cross with the weight of the whole world. Amen. But thank God it did not end there. The Bible says that he was risen. He was raised up in the glory of, Father, of the Father. He was raised up in newness of life. And that's what we are going to experience as we partake of the Lord's table this morning. There's going to be an exchange. There's going to be a divine exchange. There's going to be a divine turnaround. There's going to be an unleashing of miracles like never before. on your eyes. You're going to place your hands on your eyes. You're going to place your hands on your ears. We're going to place your hand on your heart. Amen. And you're going to call for an opening of at every veil that has been over your eyes will be removed by reason of the body and the blood of Jesus. That you will see the things that God has prepared for you. That you will hear the things that God is speaking to your heart. The 
that you will understand a new level of understanding will come upon you in the name of Jesus. Just place your hands and begin to pray this morning in the name of Jesus. Lord Almighty, we thank you for eyes that are being opened. We thank you for ears that are popping open. We thank you, Lord, for hearts that are going to understand like never before this morning. In the name of Jesus, we are going to see great visions. We will hear the great instructions. We will understand deeply by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, I declare that everything that has stood as barriers in the lives of your people, that as we partake of the blood this morning, there is a turnaround. Blind eyes are open, deaf ears are open, and hearts that have been hard are being softened. In the name of Jesus, Father, we dedicate these elements, the body and the blood of Jesus, we consecrate them to you. And we thank you, Lord, because there is a divine exchange. We thank you, Lord, because there is a divine release. We thank you, Lord Almighty, because we partake of your life. We partake of your body. And the miracles are happening in this place in the name of Jesus. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at King's Word Auditorium, Etel Avenue behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.